welcome back or if this is your first time here then thank you for joining us this is the doula's guide to with me meg aka the dungaree doula the podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy birth and postpartum if you've missed the first couple of episodes and would like to know more about me then go and check out episode one for a little introduction and a big chat on hypnobirthing check out episode two for everything you need to know about building up a positive birth mindset episode three for the lowdown on the stages of labor and episode four for a chat on choosing where to give birth this episode however is a little bit different as i thought i would share my own positive birth story i thought i'd include this as a little bonus episode um just to get more positive birth stories out there and i will preface this chat by saying i'm still ill which is why i sound all bugged up and crazy and i'm ready to have to edit out a million sniffles like i had to in the last one so apologies if that's incredibly annoying for you listening to me talking like this I've given birth twice but my first birth story whilst on paper looks like a sort of stereotypical positive hypnobirth um didn't necessarily feel that way to me um it was a little bit sabotaged by the system and so I don't really feel like it's that conducive to share it at the minute I will at some point because there are lots of positives and there's lots of stuff that we can learn from it but right now I just want to talk about my second birth which was a home birth a lot of the time when I do talk about this birth I do just say that the story is actually maybe a little bit boring it's really uneventful but I do think that it's good to hear stories like this there was no drama no worries no rush just a straightforward really simple birth so I hope that you enjoy listening to it and if you have your own positive birth story you would like to share, then please do send me an email. I've got a few lined up with some really great guests to record, but in my opinion, you can never have enough. So if you'd like to come onto the podcast and share your birth story, then hit me up. My details are in the show notes and it doesn't have to be anything like mine. It doesn't have to be a home birth. It can be a positive cesarean story, a positive induction story, a positive labor ward story anything that you like as long as you felt positive and empowered by the experience then it's worth getting it out there so let's get started so my daughter was born in 2021 when we were just coming out of the lockdown so I had a lockdown pregnancy I think it was it was the last lockdown we had which was maybe the third one I want to say that whole time just blurs together (laughs) but I was pregnant all throughout lockdown and then she was actually due the week before we were due to come out of lockdown which would have been perfect if that's when she was born because it would have meant that my partner would have been able to have a maternity leave with us and because he's self-employed so he otherwise wouldn't have got one but he wasn't working because we were in lockdown but what actually happened is that she came late so everyone told me that your second babies will always come earlier than your first babes but my first baby was born five days over she she was 40 weeks and five days and this baby our second baby juniper she didn't come until after 41 weeks so we were just waiting around so by the time she was born we'd just come out of lockdown and my partner's self-employed he's a jeweler so he came out of lockdown and everyone suddenly wanted jewelry making or fixing and he had never been busier and we were just like this is just madness thank you juniper (laughs) so you didn't really get much of a paternity leave um, and the world kind of eased back into normality after she was born which was nice because it meant that i could take her to baby groups again and things like that but yeah it was just 
it, it wasn't great timing for everything else. So I'd had this lockdown pregnancy. I'd got to 41 weeks and no signs of it coming. I hadn't had a single sign that labour was imminent. I was just going about my life. I felt exactly the same. In all honesty, I was a little bit fed up by this point. Even though that I'm a doula and a hypnobirthing teacher and I know that babies will come when they're ready and that it's completely normal for them to not be born near their due date. I was just so fed up of everyone telling me that she would come earlier than my first, even though I knew that that it's not it's not a rule it only happens to some people by 41 weeks I was a little bit fed up I was just like come on baby but I didn't do anything to try and get her out I knew that she would come when she was ready so I just tried to relax on the day that she was born I'd had a really really great midwife appointment so up until that point I'd had the same midwife my entire pregnancy and then at my 40 week appointment she'd gone on annual leave and I had someone else and I had a really quite terrible appointment at 40 weeks. The midwife was telling me that I had to have a sweep and that I had to be booked in for induction at 41 weeks and three days I want to say and this was at my 40 week appointment she had no idea that I was still going to be pregnant at this point but she was telling me I had to be booked in for an induction and I said I'm not you do not need to book me in even if I get to that point I'm 100% saying no to being induced I would just go for monitoring if I felt like it when I got to 42 weeks and that would be my decision to make and she wouldn't have it and we had a big sort of it wasn't an argument but we had a big discussion a big back and forth about it and I was just annoyed and in the end she said to me that I wasn't allowed to decline the induction she said obviously I was allowed to not go to it but she had to book me in and if I was choosing to decline it I would have to speak to a consultant and get that signed off this is not true by the way that's not if you don't consent to being booked for an induction they can't book you on but this midwife would not have it she booked me an induction while I was there and sent me on my way and I knew that I wouldn't turn up for it so it wasn't that but it was just the fact that I had to argue my case so strongly and it really left me feeling quite down and quite gutted and that's not what you need <laughs> to go into labour. So I wasn't very happy but then I got to 41 weeks and again was sent to a completely different place. I wasn't even sent to my own GP at this point. I'm not sure what was going on. My original midwife was still on holiday but luckily I got a completely different midwife and she was so, so, so lovely. She was just so so kind and helpful and she said to me look I can see that you booked for induction in two days um how do you feel about that and I said I'm not going to it I said I had this and I explained to her what had happened and she said that's absolutely fine I agree you don't need to you're you're clearly fine you're clearly healthy baby's clearly healthy in there you do not need to be induced and she rang up and she cancelled it for me she rang up the hospital and she said um Megan's not coming for this induction it's been booked against her will she will contact you if she needs to go for monitoring when she gets there for along if that's what she feels and the hospital are absolutely fine with it they were like yeah no problem they cancelled it for me and this midwife was just so so kind and really put my mind at ease and I loved seeing her so I left that appointment and my partner Benj and my daughter Isabel who at the time was two and a half so they were at the park just down the road like I said, like we were just about to come out of lockdown, so Ben wasn't at work. So we took Isabel to the park down the road and I left that appointment and I was really happy and I walked down to the park and I was like, oh, I've had a great appointment. And when I got there, 
Isabel was on the swings and she'd never been on the swings before because she hated them. Every time she tried to go on the swings, she just, she, she liked them when she was a little baby. And then as she got a bit bigger, she didn't like them. And as I got there, she was on what we call the big girl swings, so not like the baby ones. She was on that and she was shouting higher, higher, higher. And Benj was pushing it and she was screaming and giggling with laughter and having the best time. And seeing that just made me so, so, so happy. And I think that just gave me like a huge oxytocin boost on top of what I'd already got from having such a good midwife appointment. And literally about 10 minutes after being in the park, I was like, I feel like something's happening. It was really weird because it wasn't like contractions, but it was just like, I felt like a shift and I felt like labour was coming and I felt like... I needed to be at home. I felt like I needed to be in my space. And I said to Benji, I was like, I, I think I need to go home now. I think something's happening. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, do you think this is it? And I was like, I don't know yet, but I feel like something's happening. I feel like we need to get back home. So we kind of scooped Isabel off the swing that she was still on. She uh, she didn't really want to go home. But I was like, look, I think we need to go home now. Look, like, let's go and have some tea. And we went home. It wasn't far. So we got back and I remember we put see babies on I think or I know we put on the stick man the Julia Donaldson stick man and I sat on my birth ball and I bounced and I started to have contractions and they were really mild at this point like they they wasn't hurting or anything um but they were definitely contractions it's I think it's a lot easier to know that you're in labor the second time around because you've got something to compare it to and even at this point I wasn't a hundred percent sure I didn't want to get ahead of myself and be like this is definitely it but I knew that they were contractions but I was also aware that like contractions can stop or stall or you could be in early labor for a long time so I didn't tell Benj that I was having these contractions he was in the kitchen making our tea but I was bouncing on the ball and I was like right I'm gonna just keep a note of when they're happening so I didn't start properly tracking them but I did look at the time every time I was having one just to see how many minutes had passed and they were about between every five to ten minutes but yeah they wasn't lasting that long they were lasting definitely not a minute like I said I wasn't properly timing them but they were weak and they were quite short I bounced on my ball, me and Isabel watched Stickman together and then Benj had made us some like wraps, they were like fake Nando's style wraps. So we went into the kitchen and I was eating these wraps and I was bouncing on my ball, I took my ball into the kitchen with me to sit on because it was like the only thing that was comfy for me by the end of pregnancy and at this point the contractions were coming and we'd only been home I think about an hour so I think this was about We'd got back and it was about half three, four o'clock and this was about five o'clock and they were coming now. Like they felt like contractions. They were still about five to 10 minutes apart, but I had to breathe through them. They wasn't necessarily painful at this point, but I just had to like pause every time I had one. So I was eating my wrap and I just would take like a couple of bites and then I'd have to put it down and sort of like turn my head and breathe through the contraction and then turn back around and eat some more of my wrap and I was really determined to eat because I'd not ate that much that day and I was aware that I could I could be in for the long haul I could be up all night and so I really wanted to get some energy in me and it was really nice food as well so I just really wanted to eat it as I was doing that Isabel and Ben just having their tea as well we were just chatting having a really nice time and then I finished my wrap and I was like things are ramping up and I said to Ben I'm definitely in labor now like this is it like this is 100% labour and he was like oh really like getting excited and I was like yeah this is it like I feel like I'm having this baby soon. I sat downstairs with them for a little bit longer and then at about half past five I was like I need to go upstairs now I need I'm not in the I'm not in the stage of labour where it's 
good for me to be sat in like a bright living room watching the stick man with people trying to talk to me I was like I need to go upstairs but she's like okay you go up and I'll come and keep checking on you and keep checking on Isabel I decided I didn't want a pool I hadn't given birth in a pool the first time I wanted to but I didn't get round to it I ended up giving birth on land. So this time, at first, I was really adamant that I wanted a pool at home. But the more we thought about it, we just didn't think it would be worth it for quite a few reasons. So I'd given, I'd had quite a fast labour the first time around. And I thought, if I have a fast labour again, we're not going to have time to set it up. And it would mean that Ben would have to be away from me while he was setting it up. Because we didn't have a doula either, because lockdown so it was just going to be the two of us I didn't want him to be spending all his time doing that and then if he was doing that who would be looking after Isabel and then Isabel would be trying to get in it and she'd be trying to like swim in it and stuff before I'd even got in it so that was another reason um so we didn't have a pool so I was like I'm just gonna go upstairs I'm just gonna turn the lights off I'm gonna be by myself all throughout my pregnancy I had it in my head that I was gonna give birth in the living room so we have a little nook in our windowsill in the living room and in my head I don't know why but I just really visualized giving birth in this nook I was going to put loads of pillows down and I was going to be on all fours with my birth ball and in the end I ended up just sending myself up to what would have been baby's bedroom so what what is now Juniper's bedroom we decorated it to be sort of her like nursery bedroom type thing and Ben had kept saying to me I think you're going to give birth in Juniper's bedroom and I was like, no, I don't see that for me. I see myself in the living room. And he was like, well, okay, but let's store all the stuff for the birth in that room anyway. So it's out the way. So it's not just like in our living room in the way. And I was like, that's fine. Store the stuff upstairs, but I'm bringing it down as soon as I go into labour. But I just felt like going up to that room. I think it's probably because Isabel was using the living room and stuff. But it also just felt right. So I took myself up and I turned the lights off. I closed the curtains. I put on the fairy lights that we already had up. And I didn't get anything else out. So I had speakers and music. And I had like candles that I was maybe going to put on. And I was going to put like towels down and things like that. I was going to have my birth ball. I didn't have any of that stuff. In that bedroom, what we've got is a sofa bed in the corner and I was just drawn to leaning on it I was like stood up with one leg on the floor one leg on the sofa bed and my hands against the back of it just swaying through each contraction and that just felt really really nice and I was there just breathing through the contractions and I didn't feel like I needed anything else I didn't want the music on I didn't want the candles I just enjoyed being there in silence I took some drinks up with me and I was just making sure that I was staying hydrated using the toilet a lot just like making sure that you wee a lot because it's really important in labor because if your bladder's full it can um, halt baby's descent so I was doing all of this just breathing through it Benj kept coming in to check on me and I, I wasn't that bothered about being alone I quite liked it I liked labour to learn labour to learn the, the first time around quite a lot and it just it just suits me I didn't really want people around I didn't mind if him and Isabel would have come in but I think they knew that it was fine so they didn't come in that much Ben kept coming in asking me if I wanted him to rub my back if I needed any drinks if I needed anything and I was like no it's fine you just go sort out Isabel I'm fine I'm happy alone so he started out Isabel and at six o'clock he came in and was like, do you think we need to ring the midwives now? Because it feels like this is moving quite fast. And I was like, oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. So we rung the midwife and when the midwives call you, luckily there was home birth um, midwives around. When they ring you, they like to listen to you having a contraction. So Ben rung them and then they was like, can we listen to you? And they were asking me questions. And then they said, have you had a contraction while you've been on the phone? And I said, I've had one, but it was really mild. But I think it's because I was just talking. 
um, and they take that as a not great sign. They expect at this point that you won't be able to talk through your contractions and every other one I'd not been able to talk through. But I don't know, I must have just had a weak one or maybe because I was so distracted because I was on the phone, I was able to talk through it. She said, okay, I don't know if we need to come out yet. And I was like, no, you really do need to come out yet. I said, I had a fast labor before. No one believed me. I said, I really, I know my body. I said, that was just a weak contraction, but every other one has been so much stronger. I do need you to come out quite soon. So they said, okay. I said, we'll send someone out in a bit. And I was like, right, okay, let's see how long we're waiting. So I carried on exactly how I was uh, going about my day. So just, yeah, stood up, leaning against the back of the surfer, making sure that I was drinking a lot, making sure I was weeing a lot. And it was just sort of this little circle that I guess that of just like those three things that I was doing. I bench took Isabel upstairs, gave her a bath, got her ready for bed and read her some books. And I went in and I gave her a really big cuddle in between the contractions and said like the night to her and told her how much I loved her and that I would see her in the morning. And, um, and she just went to sleep. So at seven o'clock on the dot, she was just out. I think she was just knackered from all the fun she'd had at the park. So she went straight to sleep. And at this point, Benj came in and was like really, just really there for me. He was so present and he was rubbing my back and he was checking if I needed anything and he was offering drinks. And he was just, it was a really nice presence to have in the room. At 10 past seven, the midwife turned up. So that was like about an hour and 10 minutes after we'd called him, which seemed reasonable because even though I told her I was definitely in established labour, I think they thought they were in it for the long haul, so they didn't rush. But it was fine at that point. Like, things had definitely progressed. I was really in the depths of labour now. I was really having to breathe through them. But other than that, I was fine. My contractions, I wouldn't say that they were necessarily painful, but they were strong sensations at this point. I had one that was really painful, and I remember it so strongly. And the reason it was so bad is because I went to the toilet, I went for a wee, and I was sat down, and it completely took me off guard. I thought every other contraction had had enough time to pee in between and get out, but I had one that came really quick after, and mid-pee I started having a contraction, and I was not in the right position for it. And it hurt so much that it made me cry. And I know that's probably not what you want to hear if you're pregnant right now, that a contraction made me cry, but it was one out of everything, so please don't panic. Every other one was absolutely fine, but but because I was unprepared for it, oh man, it hurt. And I started crying and I stood up and then it was completely fine. Instantly was fine. I was just not in the right position at all. <laughs> so I went back into my room after having that little mini cry and I was like, okay, that was dramatic. I'm fine now. <laughs> and I carried on just in the same way that I had been um, for the rest of my labour. So yeah, at 10 past seven, the midwife turned up, she did her checks and then she said, she read through my birth plan, Ben was like, please read through the birth plan and she said, right, you definitely don't want any vaginal exams, do you still feel that way? I said, yeah, she said, on your birth plan it says that you would like to be left alone, do you still want that? And I said, yeah, I said, do you want to just go sit in Benji's office because that's next door to the room I was in? She went and sat in Benji's office and just completely left us alone. So we carried on doing what we was doing and then at about half past seven, so about 20 minutes after she turned up, I hit transition. So if you listen to the stages of labour episode, you'll know about transitions. So I won't go too much into it now. For a lot of people, transition feels really overwhelming and scary and they get quite shouty and out of it. And that had happened to me in my first birth. But in this birth, it was the opposite. I kind of hit transition and I had this little pause from contractions and I sat on the sofa bed and I like leant my head on Benj and I felt really really out of it and I was like I'm so tired I think I'm gonna fall asleep and I think Benj must have been thinking it's half past seven you've only been in labour a couple of hours like it can't be that tiring <laughs> and I was like being really dramatic about it and I was like I'm so tired Benj I don't know how much longer I can do it 
And then I must have got the big surge of adrenaline that you get from being in transition. And I just stood up and my contractions completely changed. So I went back into the position I'd been in. I had one leg on the bed, one leg on the floor, my hands against the back of the sofa bed. So I was stood upright. I was swaying through the contractions. But at this point, I was making noise. So I knew that I was starting to push because you can feel it. The sensations completely change. You can feel your baby moving down the birth canal. Everything feels stronger. Everything feels more powerful. And yeah, I was having to make noise to get through them. So the midwife must have heard me (laughs) and she came back through and was like, oh, it seems like something's changed. And I was like, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm definitely pushing. And she was like, right, just go with it. Just follow your body. Um, She said, do you still want us to be hands off or do you want any support? And I said, I want you to be hands off, but I'd like you to be close by to help me catch baby. Because I've I've got hypermobility and my body can sometimes get stuck in certain positions. So especially my hips, I have it really badly in my hips. And what happened the first time around is that I wanted to catch my baby. I wanted to catch Isabel when she was born, but I couldn't physically maneuver my body into the right position because I'd been in a position for so long and putting so much strain on my joints that I couldn't physically move to collect to like deliver her myself I needed someone else to grab her and bring her up to me so I said I want you to be nearby to be able to do that for me so she came over and I started pushing and I was really noisy and I mean luckily one of my neighbors was on holiday at the time but my other neighbors must have been like what the hell is going on in that house (laughs) And I was pushing for about somewhere between 20, 25 minutes. And then her head was born. And it was so funny because her head was born and she started making little noises. And the midwife was like, oh, that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) She was making little like gurgling noises, but only her head was out. I didn't feel the ring of fire or anything. And people always make a big deal about the ring of fire. I haven't felt it either time neither time have I felt the ring of fire I've also torn both times just both times second degree tears so that's when it's a tear inside but it still needs to be stitched up so both times I've had that neither time have I felt it so I didn't feel any tear I didn't feel any ring of fire so a head was born and then a push later a body was born at exactly eight o'clock so I was in labor for around four hours that's it. So I had absolutely no right to have that transition bit where I was panicking and being like, I'm so tired, Benji. I'm so, so tired because I, I yeah, I had quite a short labor. <laughs> it was four hours. So the midwife caught her because like I said, I couldn't get into the right position. The midwife caught her, put her straight into my chest and I flipped around and Benj just really quickly slid a towel underneath me. I plopped down onto the sofa bed had immediate skin to skin and was like, oh my God, I've done it. It was such an incredible feeling and everything was fine. I lost about 200 milliliters of blood, which is not much. It's That's a completely normal amount. I put her straight onto my chest. Within about 10 minutes, she started breastfeeding and the midwife left me alone. I'd requested an undisturbed at least hour of skin to skin. Um, I'd asked for delayed cord clamping until I delivered to placenta. I didn't want anyone touching it until I delivered the placenta. I didn't want to be messed with or anything. So she just went downstairs. Another thing to mention is that when you have a home birth, you're meant to have two midwives with you. But I only had one because like I said, I don't think they thought that it was going to happen as quick as it did. So the first midwife, Renee, she was great. She came over and then when I started pushing and she realised, she started ringing the other midwife in the hallway and I think in a bit of a panic, like, you need to get here now, like the baby's about to be born. I didn't know this was going on. It was happening in the hallway. I think Benj knew, but he didn't tell me. I told him I didn't want to know what was going on if I thought it would stress me out. And I think he probably thought, 
that's going to stress her out. So he didn't tell me. So I had no idea. And then about 10 minutes after I'd given birth, the second midwife, I'm just student turned up. The student was a bit gutted because she was like, it was going to be her first home birth and she'd missed it. But yeah, they turned up and they all just sat downstairs and had tea and biscuits and left us to it. The placenta came out about half an hour after I'd given birth and we just left it. The midwives came back up after an hour, but she was still feeding. And so they'd said, we don't have to do the checks yet, but while you're feeding, do you want us to check you over just to see if you've got any tears or anything? So I was like, yeah, you might as well do that now while I'm still feeding. They checked me. And like I said, I had a second degree tear. So they give me an injection and just stitched me up on my sofa. I didn't have to transfer into hospital or anything. It was my choice to get stitched up. I wasn't 100% sure whether to accept it or not, but just it had already been over an hour and it was still bleeding a little bit. So I was like, right, okay, I'll accept the stitches. That's fine. So they stitched me up again left me to it for another 15 minutes they went back downstairs and they came up and they were like we're ready to go we just need to check the baby so they were like we'll fill it we filled in all your paperwork we'll take you through it now while you're still feeding her and then as soon as you're ready just pop her on the scales let us double double check she's got all her fingers and toes and stuff basically and then we'll leave you to it and I was like oh okay that was easy so she came off the boob she came and stopped feeding they did all the little checks and then they was like, do you want us to stay while you have a shower or anything? Do you want us to like check that you can have a wee and stuff? Because I meant to do that. And I was like, well, actually, I do need a wee now. So let me go do that and then you can go. I went for a wee. Everything was fine. I felt completely fine. I felt well enough to get up and have a shower myself. So I was like, you can just leave. I don't need any help. I'll be absolutely fine. So they did. They just went. I think that was about 10 p.m. And like I said, she was born at exactly 8 so they left us. It was about 10 p.m. I jumped in the shower really quickly. I remember I didn't wash my hair or anything. I just wanted to get into bed. Um, but I got into the shower, I got myself clean, put some pajamas on and went upstairs and got into bed with her. Ben was having skin to skin with her while I did that. And Isabel just didn't even wake up. And like I said, I was incredibly noisy. And Isabel had just gone to bed. She'd gone to bed at seven and I started pushing at about somewhere between half seven, 20 to eight. So she hadn't been asleep very long and I was really loud and we don't know that if she slept through it because she is a really good sleeper or if she just heard it and was like, I don't want to be a part of that and just blocked it out. We'll never know because she's too young to like ask or remember now. But yeah, she didn't make a peep. So we went to bed with Juniper. I remember we FaceTimed Benji's mum because she lives in France and we were like, look, we've got a baby. And she was like, oh what? Like, no, because we didn't tell anyone we was in labour. She didn't know. She was so happy. And then... Um, and then we went to sleep. I tried to. Juniper's, Juniper was never a great sleeper, but we tried to go to sleep. And then in the morning, I think it was about seven in the morning, Isabel woke up and Ben went downstairs and got her and brought her upstairs and was like, look, your sister's here. And she was just oblivious. She just had no idea what was going on. She was like, oh, a baby. <laughs> like I went to bed and there wasn't a baby and you were really round and now you're less round and there's a baby. She was very confused. Um, I don't think she really knew what to make of her at first <laughs> but yeah it was just it just happened and like that and it was so easy and it was so so nice just being at home having the midwives just leave and then just being able to get into my own pajamas use my own towels and get into my own bed I absolutely loved it and I think that's for me that's easily the best thing about having a home birth is just that you don't have to go anywhere and Ben was slightly apprehensive about having a home birth at first but now like he just agrees that it was the best decision that we made during pregnancy and he tells everyone about it whenever he finds out like if his friends are pregnant or anything he's like oh should have a home birth like it's so easy <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> which is really nice because yeah he took quite a bit of convincing. 
but yeah that's that's my birth story like I said it's quite uneventful it's really straightforward but I hope it just fills you with a little bit of confidence in what birth can look like it can just be really straightforward it can be really uneventful it can be really hands-off uh, your body doesn't need any assistance your body knows what to do if you just let it happen it just happens. I'll pop this up as a little bonus episode for you in between all of the more sort of factual ones that maybe are a little bit more helpful. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And like I said at the beginning, if you have a story that you'd like to share, then please just send me an email. You don't have to be a birth worker or anything like that. Just anyone that's got a story to tell is worth getting it out there. So the links will be in the show notes. If you have any more questions, then come and hang out on Instagram where I'm at the Dungaree Doula and let me know if you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do stick around, like, follow and subscribe. Or if you feel so inclined, then leave a little review if you don't mind because it's so, so very helpful for me. Speak soon. See you next week. Bye bye.